Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. You have a precious little baby girl who I understand I is talking now. She is. She is. Like, oh, like she full is. on talking? Like, uh, no, she, she's saying uh, <laughs> she's got a couple words she put together. First of all, Dada is right there. Was that the first one? Or Dada Mama? was the first one. Even if it wasn't, I would say it was. Okay. Dada, Dada for sure. No, no, no. And uh, she said, <laughs> yeah. Don't clap. It's not, I'm not celebrating it. I'm not, I'm not saying it because I'm proud. How old is she? Uh, 17 months. She's heard it. She's definitely heard it. And it's for me because I, I have a very foul mouth, but it's innocent. I'm not an aggressive cursor. It's fine. Okay. That's how they learn. All right. You'd Did be surprised what the other one was doing. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Hart is one of those people that it, it's the inflection, it's the timing. He can say something that if anybody else said it, it wouldn't be funny, but nope. it's funny when he says it. Yeah. Don't yeah. clap. I'm not celebrating. <laughs> He's a funny dude. Oh, God, is he Even funny. his commercials. Like, yeah. What is it? I don't even know. Is it a credit card or something? Fun. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. yeah. yeah really just, talented dude. Yeah. I'd say. Um, I, are the days of consequence-free podcasting over, says The Atlantic. What? We'll get into that. Pearl, Shut up. Pearl clutching in oh. a little bit. Oh, so tiresome. Trio of stories you might found, uh, find interesting. Uh, we'll move swiftly here. A little bingo, bango, bongo, if you will. I uh, saw this uh, alert uh, only moments ago and quickly read the article. It's 9.05 a.m. at America's most unusual new high school. And the principal is asking students, lanky students in workout clothes, to interpret a quote by civil rights leader Bayard Rustin. And it goes in some uh, you know detail on that, but... Bayard Rustin... F- Unbelievably interesting civil rights icon. Gay gentleman, back when you couldn't be gay. Unsung, really. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but they mentioned the teens are sleeping quiet at first. Normal for juniors and seniors. But these are not normal students. They are the inaugural class of an exceptionally gifted basketball players, of exceptionally gifted basketball players, earning at least $100,000 to live, study, train, and compete at a new school designed to disrupt and monetize the path to an NBA contract or a professional oh, contract. Oh, wow. It's Overtime Elite, a private school, basketball league, and media conglomerate, which opened uh, in a glitzy new arena in Atlanta. The complex houses a main court where players compete against each other and other prep school teams, practice courts, a weight room, physical therapy, etc., made-to-order kitchen, lounge, locker rooms, a corporate suite filled with social media producers and editors stand ready to turn everything the players are doing into entertainment content for overtime, the sports media startup whose founders dreamed up this idea. So it's a uh, a company came up with this idea, and are they're, uh, they're paying for the school, or do you pay to go to this school? No, they the kids are paid. Are paid to go to the school. So they're yes. picking the best people. The best basketball stars in America. And then they think they're going to make their money when they become professionals? Well, Overtime is a six-year-old digital sports network producing viral videos and sports content for millennials and Gen Zers. It boasts more than 55 million monthly views across seven social media Mm, platforms. Interesting. So they create content. Gotcha. They create online content. And actually, I didn't get to the end of the article. As a free market guy, I'm, uh, I'm all for this sort of thing, and... 
you know, the risk there obviously is the the number of people who think their kid is going to be an NBA star and get their kid into the school, and they don't end up an NBA star. And I, I'm guessing that the rest of the education, I don't know, maybe the rest of the education is also great? Well, yeah, they, they make the claim anyway that it's a more rigorous education than a lot of these kids will get uh, well, in their... You know what? It wouldn't be hard to be. It wouldn't be yeah. very difficult to be more rigorous than a lot of schools. Yeah, so, um, and, and there are all different ways the kids can make money, uh, you know, side deals and stuff through this. Um, I'm, what I'm trying to, I'm scanning real quick because it's a really long piece. I think this is good for, I think this would be good for other schools. So rather than have, I mean, what's the point of your superstar athlete at some schools that everybody knows his career path, whether it works out or not, is going to be playing basketball? I don't think it does the the, the the public school any good to have that kid there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't do him any good from a competitive standpoint. This seems like a good idea. So this is so strange. Signing a paid contract with Overtime Elite means players give up their NCAA basketball eligibility. They can still attend college, of course, but if they don't secure a pro contract, OTE offers them an additional $100,000 to attend the university of their choice. Huh. Wow, they must be making a lot of money off of YouTube hits. Well, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Is there that much money in that? Uh, they also, uh, let's see, there's more on the, they, oh, uh, all players must take, and they just do like two hours a day on academics. And some people are tutting about that. But again, star athletes in, in a lot of schools, that's sure. more than they, I mean, they sit there in class. But so all players must take twice weekly life skills courses which focus on everything from financial literacy to contract negotiations to personal brand management and media training financial literacy needs to be taught in every school yeah yeah what an interesting program mm-hmm. i'm i'm there i'm sure there's there could be a dark side to this and i'm not endorsing it or anything i just think it's interesting that it's so um it's such a radical departure from the usual Total different, uh, totally different story. Change of uh, direction. Domestic intelligence. Mm, that's a scary. Department of Homeland Security told CBS News truckers might stage demonstrations ahead of Super Bowl Sunday, yeah. similar to the Canadian protest. I saw this on the news, and man, it was very, very thin on evidence. Yeah, yeah. Who came up with this for what reason? Well, and they said, well, it's not clear if this is actually happening. It may just be aspirational, meaning a handful of people tweeted, we ought to do what they're doing in Canada. Right. I don't know. I don't know where I am on the whole Canadian thing right now. I'm uh, I'm conflicted. You know what? Because I was certainly anti-Chaz. You don't get to take over a city and shut it down. You just don't. Right. Well, what I said then, I said during the rioting, and I'm saying now, if you're going to break the law, you have to take responsibility and absorb the the repercussions. If if you are breaking the law, you will be caught, prosecuted, and punished. And that's the way it ought to be. If you're willing to make that sacrifice for your cause, and your cause ends up being so righteous that the justice system changes and says, you know what, that wasn't a crime. Well, okay, I suppose. But no, if if the if the truck drivers are being lawless, they're going to get busted. So, I don't have any problem with that. That's the math. I read yesterday that GM is losing mil- a million dollars a minute Wow! by not being able to have their plants open because they can't get the parts because those trucks can't get where they're going. Yeah, yeah. Either won't go where they're going or the people that are willing to drive can't get what they're go- where they're going. Mm-hmm. How-
how much do you get to disrupt businesses for your political uh, needs? On the other hand, uh, to what extent can the government stop them without engaging in behavior that looks every bit as reprehensible or worse? It's a real conundrum. They're stuck between a moose and a hard place. (laughs) That was an idiotic joke, and I apologize (laughs) for it. Made me laugh. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I'm looking at the clock. We should probably take a break. We we are adamantly, militantly opposed to masks on little kids in schools. But here's an account from a teacher, what it's turned into at their school. Okay. Uh, and how it's gotten kind of ugly reminds me of the, the Canadian trucker conundrum. I agree with them in principle, but if they're shutting down the Canadian economy, you know, things could get kind of ugly pretty quick. And are the days of consequence-free podcasting over, as the Atlantic says? Again, that phrase makes me want to gag. Stay right here. Armstrong and Getty. Favorite songs from one of my favorite bands, Cracker. But a tradition on my birthday, we play this song. Play it loud, Michael. Shout out to David Lowry, Johnny Hickman, and all the other fine fellows in Cracker. It's your birthday today? It is my birthday today. I say as if I didn't know that. Yeah, um, and, and it's lovely. I actually went out, uh, Judy and I, with friends last night and were overserved. so I'm looking forward to a fairly quiet birthday today, I think, <laughs> although I may rally this evening. Uh, obviously. There is, past, I've been saying this forever, past the age of roughly 25, there's really no upside to your birthday. There's nothing Not to enjoy. Not a ton. I mean, the people feel festive and maybe you get together and do something for them. Well, you might them, get right? a gift or something, but there's, there's yeah. The the days of, yay, I'm a year older, are over easily yeah. by your mid-twenties. And I will try to keep it together while stating this, but this is the first birthday I will ever have that my mom isn't going to say happy mm. birthday. So that's kind of sad. Anyway, it's not because we've had a falling out. She passed, you see. So, <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's not that she doesn't like me anymore. Uh, let's see. You're not uh, speaking to her anymore because she's anti-mask. That's not the... <laughs> That's Beautiful. not it. That's not at the root of it at all. No, that's not the issue. Uh, mentioned earlier that a new study is out from Yale. It's a meta study looking at multiple states, their policies and the outcomes, and masking has had no effect on outbreaks in schools. None. They still can't find student-to-teacher transmission. Masking children in schools, particularly younger children, is cruel and utterly Needless, according to Yale, Johns Hopkins, the American Academy of Pediatrics, just the list is long. Anyway, having said that, got this note from, we'll say, Al Anonymous. Uh, I know you guys repeatedly say that protests should be respectful, but that's not happening locally. Just some background. I'm vaccinated, as is my wife and kids, but I don't believe in any mandates. My teacher is, uh, my I'm sorry, my teacher is a wife at Blankety Blank Middle School in local city. Uh, starting last week, a group of parents began protesting at her school about the mask mandate and have been back there several times since. They quickly got out of hand. They were mocking children as they got out of cars wearing masks. No, 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 no. Uh, they were I, taunting I, teachers. They've been threatening to hire private investigators to follow the teachers and administrators around and get them fired. The teachers don't make the call. 
yeah, and then he he talks about a number of their their strategies and actions, which are not cool at all. And then he makes the point uh, they should not be harassing people who've been working under tremendous strain and hardship throughout this craziness and whose hands are tied by bureaucrats and politicians. Unfortunately, there are a couple of key protesters who are the ringleaders who have gotten everyone riled up. It's disgusting. Practically every kid in every school would take their... If you announced, go to any school, I don't care if you're in the bluest of blue cities, I think if you announce over the loudspeaker, we have changed the rules, uh, you can take your mask off now. There would be a cheer go up through the school, you'd hear every classroom. Right. So, yelling at the kids, what the frig are you doing? Uh, being respectful, uh, disrespectful toward the teachers and administrators will take away any moral high ground we have and is likely to drive people into the other camp. Mm-hmm. I want these people to take their crazy to, and he lists some folks, but the governor, the county health person, the school board, whatever, yeah, absolutely. not to the teachers and the kids. Yeah, now the school board meeting or whatever, pack that freaking place, ring the place, shout anything you want, as right. far as I'm concerned. But yeah, not the uh, kids, that's crazy. Yeah, Al, Anonymous, we appreciate the note. Agree with you 100%. Don't give up the high ground. Goodness sakes, when you're right, go ahead and be right and don't act like an a-hole. I believe that's uh, what Martin Luther King said. Yeah, I can't. St- I have to move off this topic because it, well, it makes me too mad. Just have your kids show up without masks and have them sent home. As that happens by the hundreds and hundreds, word will filter up if you're comfortable doing that. If you're not, don't. Mm-hmm. It's tough, though. Um, that's not as easy as it sounds either, as practically every kid in America is behind in their schooling. So, uh, And frequently, mom and dad have to be at work. Sure, exactly. I totally get it. Yeah. That's why I say, if you can, do it. If you can't, that's fine. I understand. We all understand. We probably ought to revisit this. It's a... Uh, Interesting situation. The President of the United States sat down with Lester Holt of NBC News. Uh, the uh, chunk of the interview is going to be played during halftime of the Super Bowl. Who the hell wants an interview with the President, really, ever, let alone during halftime of the Super Bowl while you're eating and drinking? And Hey, quit clinking the ice in your bourbon. They're interviewing the President. Well, I've had it, care. If I'm alone on my couch, I don't watch it. I don't want to watch it. And if I got people around that I don't particularly know their politics because we don't talk about it, I don't want it on. I definitely don't want it on. Anywho, so they started airing a little bit of it on the NBC Evening News last night. And uh, they're talking about the report that has come out from the Pentagon on the uh, how we got out of Afghanistan and the mess that it was. Play clip 32 there, Michael. On the subject of American citizens, I have to draw your attention to that Army report, an investigative report that's come out about the lead-up to the withdrawal from Afghanistan. It, it interviewed many military officials and officers who said the administration ignored the handwriting on the wall. Uh, another described trying to get folks in the embassy ready to evacuate, encountering uh, you know people who are in, essentially in denial of, of this situation. Does any of that ring true to you? No. No, that's not what I was told. None of it. So, and then, and then there's a long word salad, and then Lester Holt realizing that he just heard something pretty extraordinary. The commander in chief rejecting an army report. Um, he 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 went back to it quickly. I just want to clarify: Are you rejecting the conclusions or the the accounts that are in this army report? Yes, I am. So they're not not true. I'm rejecting them. 
So he's a lawyer, he's a politician. He didn't say they're not true. He said, I'm rejecting them, which you, ah, you, you think mm. there's a difference between the two. That's right. I heard it as they're not true, but you're, you're thinking that he parsed on purpose? Well, yeah. I mean, uh, the only reason I can think of to reject something is because you don't think it's true in this instance. And Lester Holt quite aptly followed up and gave him the chance to state that. And he said, uh, no, I reject it. And then they name his hand, fingers in his ear. I reject it. I reject it, basically. Ridiculous. I, I think Lester Holt should have gone further on that line of questioning because that, that seems like a big deal to me. The commander in chief is saying the army report is not true. I think that's what the president is saying. Did he say, and he may during the interview, which will air during the Super Bowl halftime when I don't want to watch it, at one point, does he ever ask? What parts are not true, or what, which parts specifically do you reject? Um, well, they get into that kind of, a, like I said, there's so much word salad that would, you, you would find it unsatisfactory. Ah, there's there's yeah. nothing there, but I, I think that ought to be drilled down on. So are you going to have anybody fired or investigated, or do you think somebody's out to get you? I mean, why would the Army put out a report that's not fact-based? Right, and bears out virtually everything Mike Lyons told us, too, by the way. Now, we might have to expound on that. If you miss an hour of the show, get it on the podcast. And Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. It's crazy that it took all of this and all of this time for us to be recognized we got the queen of r&b yep we got the king of hip-hop yep we got just his all of his you know proteges in the place this is what it's about this is what hip-hop and in the nfl is supposed to be about that's uh snoop and dre i believe talking about the halftime show who knows who's the queen of our who's the queen that's going to be who's the woman playing alex anybody know it's mary j blige mary j blige is singing and then, who did he mean by the king of hip-hop? Uh, Dr. Dre. That's Dr. Dre? Mm-hmm. Okay. And what is Eminem? Just a guy? One of his protégés. Gotcha. There you go. Part of the family tree. And they're saying it's overdue. Uh, you're all in your 50s, so, yeah. Your heyday was quite some time ago. It's an interesting choice. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, culturally speaking, there's not a ton of overlap in terms of musical taste in America these days, like there was way back in the day. So hip-hop always been a little disreputable, a little, uh, you know, not widespread. Now it is. There's a sexual assault claim that has surfaced in the last day or so against Snoop Dogg that's getting some traction. Who knows if it's real or not? Who the hell? How would you possibly know? Well, he's a convicted um, felon. He already, is. He's right? also a heck of a target for a guy with a lot of money. So you just never know. Sure. Um, but uh, yeah. So I'm kind of interested. My son's really excited about the halftime show. Definitely. Really? Oh, uh, yeah. More there than he has, never than he has ever been before. Like if I told him Bruce Springsteen or somebody's playing, he'd be, eh. But the fact that Eminem's on there, he, he's very excited about that. Damn, that is pretty good. He just, uh, to, to, to have him interested in reading a book at night, he just read um, a very long biography of Eminem at, at night for over a period of a week, finished it off real fast, because he's How super interesting. into it. Yeah, okay. 
Um, so Joe Rogan podcasting that whole topic. I, it's all confusing to me. Uh, more speech, the better. I think the more voices, the better all the way around. I have, I have no doubt of that. I assume Joe agrees on that. Um, but it's confusing to me is what, what, what should be allowed? What shouldn't be allowed? What does even allowed mean? Um, we say things that if other shows said, I think they would lose their jobs. No, we don't. We never have and we never will. I don't know what he's talking about. I disassociate. I disavow. I disavow. There are also other shows that say things. If we said what they said, we would lose, we would lose our jobs. Oh, yeah. It's incredibly arbitrary. And it has to do with, like, there are certain expectations for certain kinds of shows on certain, what's the right, media, mediums? I don't know the right word here. But are you like, looking for the plural? I don't know. Media? But there's there's different expectations for television than there is for radio. Sure. There, there are different expectations for FM radio than there is for AM radio. And uh, print, some, some things that people say all the time. Uh, broadcasting, if they were in print, you would lose your job. But saying it, you're okay. It's This is weird, man. And then podcasting has been this Wild West for quite a while where you can say anything about anything practically. Uh, and I want it to be that way. I don't understand why radio's not that way. And uh, most of the big radio companies like we work for are starting to realize that, hey, there's a lot of people that are into podcasting and maybe they're into podcasting because people can say whatever the hell they want. So maybe more of that on the radio would be a good idea. So it, it's all it's all evolving, and it's very interesting. A lot of it is just based on uh, you know whether there is corporate vulnerability in that corner of the uh, free speech spectrum. Because with podcasts, it was mostly independently produced. There were no corporate tie-ins. So who are you going to threaten? The guy saying this stuff? He's like, F you if you don't like it. I'm going to say what I want, which was what was beautiful about it. It certainly yields plenty of ugly stuff, too. But in general, I love it. So McKay Coppins writes for The Atlantic and has got a piece out today about podcasting. The con- Well, I'll just read one of the phrases and then get into it in more depth. As the business grows up, and as more reporters or agitators invest the time in pouring over all this content, that's a lot of it. Podcasting has been existing without it, without certain segments of wokeism paying attention. But right. now they are paying attention. As more reporters pour over this content, the days of podcasting without consequences will be numbered. Ah, uh, that almost sounds like he thinks it's a good thing. Oh, he definitely thinks it's a good thing. Oh, by the, I'm sorry. That was somebody commenting. That's a guy who agrees with it, commenting on this article from Caitlin Tiffany that is in the Atlantic, but she agrees that it's a good thing also. Wow. Podcasts are no longer private conversations. Keeping track of all the garbage aired in audio can be a full-time job, and the stakes are getting higher. Let so me- why are you doing it? To take issue with a podcast, you have to do a lot of work, or you have to hope that somebody else will. Many of the most popular and longest-running shows are chatty and relaxed or made to feel that way, and they go on and on. Joe Rogan, a comedian and former Fear Factor host, has recorded more than... You know, you said that to be dismissive, I think. That's that's why you listed that way. He just got $100 million from Spotify. I would list him first as maybe the most successful podcaster in what is probably going to be the most successful medium going forward. Yes. 
uh, to just call him the host of Fear Factor is kind of stupid. How much money do you make? He got $100 million. Matt Taibbi has written brilliantly about this. Two aspects of this, real quick, then we can get back to the text. Number one, a lot of reporters who used to be journalists have now turned to pouring through, combing through social media, Twitter especially, and podcasts and that sort of thing, looking for something they can say, he said something wrong, he said something wrong. And then they become these puritanical skulls throwing the first stone. That's become their job, catching people saying something we can persecute them for. And the second thing he pointed out is what you just did. A lot of these independent voices are are making so much money, the intelligentsia, the Eastern media elite are bitterly jealous of it. And, and not only jealous, but they think it's wrong. They right. think, wait a minute, I went to the Columbia School of Journalism. Right. There's that, something uh, evil happening here. You're absolutely correct. I went to journalism school, and I work for the Washington Post. How could more people be paying attention to this guy than to me? That is wrong, and I am going to take him down. That is a lot of it. The gatekeepers of information are pissed off that uh, most Americans seem to have decided we don't like you as gatekeepers anymore. We want different gatekeepers or no or, or no gatekeepers at all. I want to take right. in a whole bunch of info from a whole bunch of different places. Right. Amen. More on that article from The Atlantic in a moment as we tell you how to stay safe during the crime wave that we're living through. Oh, by the way, we just made the list of like top 20 podcasts in America or something like that. Canceled. We need to be canceled. Thanks for listening, everybody. And thank you very much for your sponsorship. Simply Safe Home Security, as Jack was starting to tell you about uh, during this incredible crime wave, you want to know what randos are ooching around on your property. Oi. We're big fans of the new wireless outdoor camera from Simply Safe. Let's just see what's happening right outside your door from your phone, and it alerts you when anyone approaches, so you always know who's there and what's going on. You know, maybe you, you, you use it to find randoms that are ooching around in your yard, but also maybe you use the great camera just to see when your kids get home. That's pretty cool. Just keep an eye on your driveway 24-7. Uh, Simply Safe has everything you need to keep your home safe. Less than a dollar a day, you can set it up yourself in around 30 minutes, no long-term contracts. Simply Safe monitored 24-7 by pros ready to dispatch cops, firefighters, EMTs, whatever you need, your door less than a buck a day, and again, no long-term contract. Customize perfect system for your home in minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus 20% off with interactive monitoring, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. What you just said is so damned true. Whether Thank they, you. Whether, Thank you. <laughs> I did that because it's your birthday. Thank you. You're so kind. Um, uh, whether they realize it or not, the thing that pisses them off is you've got a cable news show. That used to be a big deal. Oh, but, yeah. But you have like 150,000 viewers. Joe Rogan has 11 million people that listen to each episode of his podcast. And that makes the pretty person on CNN. Haven't you heard of CNN? It's legendary. I'm a big deal. Why aren't more people treating me like a big deal? Why am I not getting paid like it's a big deal? Really pisses him off that a guy like Joe Rogan or all kinds of other people are getting way more attention. Way more people are paying attention to them. You're not good looking. You didn't. You don't know the people. I know. You, don't, you don't even live in Manhattan. Well, this is awful. Yeah, I know. I know. 
So that's part of it that feeds the outrage. Plus, a lot of them are of the woke left. So, you know, I love what I do. They love what they do, which is finding ways to persecute people. I wouldn't even know what to call Joe Rogan. He's definitely not woke, but uh, beyond that, I don't even know what you'd call him. A wide-ranging interviewer. He, he's more That's like it. regular people are. A little of this, a little of that. Kind of hard to pigeonhole. Changes from time to time. Anyway, Sometimes he's wrong, right, and acknowledges it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Think of that in the context of the mainstream media and CNN. When he's wrong, he says, you know what? I got that wrong. To get back to this article that will make you mad, to take issue with a podcast, you have to do a lot of work, or you have to hope that someone else will. Many of the most popular and longest-running shows are chatty and relaxed, or made to feel that way. <laughs> made and they to go, feel that way. Right. And they go on and on. Oh, they're too long. Oh, well, your, your hour show with commercials on CNN that nobody watches, that's the way to do it. God, it pisses me off that this person even wrote this they're article. They're made to seem chatty and relaxed. <laughs> right. And they're too long. No, the 11 million people don't seem to have a problem with it being too long. Uh, Joe Rogan has recorded more than 1,700 episodes of his freewheeling and intellectually dispiriting chat show. Wow. The Joe Rogan experience. Not intellectually dispiriting to 11 million people. A single episode is often more than three hours long. I don't even know what the point of mentioning that is. Uh, Lately, Rogan has been called upon to film a couple of extremely close-cropped apologies for using racial slurs in old episodes of his show and spewing nonsense about COVID-19 vaccines. He didn't use a racial slur. He discussed a racial slur. It's different, you lying liars. Spewing nonsense about COVID. We were talking earlier about how uh, people on The View mischaracterizing the danger of COVID to children by, like, multiples of 1,000 or 10,000. Um, that's not, that's not COVID misinformation. Uh, okay. Certainly not. Um, and, and then CNN accused him of taking horse paste, clogging up the MSNBC, uh, hospitals were so clogged up in Oklahoma city that gunshot victims died on the gurney. None of it happened. And yet they're insisting that he become them. <laughs> uh, let's take a break so I can finish. Cause I got so much to comment on here. More of the Atlantic, not just, and it's not just about Joe Rogan. It's just podcasting or even beyond that just freewheeling conversations among humans that they don't like that the gatekeepers that went to journalism school do not like that stay tuned for more armstrong and getty the armstrong and getty show Michael yelled down the hallway. 25 seconds, I had to run down the hallway in my wingtips. Oh. But I've had enough coffee that I was able to power through. You don't um, seem to be breathing too hard. No. I've, I've been running lately, so maybe, really? maybe I'm actually getting in better shape. Yeah. Good man. Um, trade deadline in the NBA yesterday. The uh, I barely follow the NBA during the regular season, but the Nets traded away James Harden. For anybody who thought, boy, that team's going to win the next five championships when they signed their big three, they they all hate each other. Wow. So that's one of the problems with the, the getting all the stars on one team. Sometimes they hate each other. <laughs> Have beard, will travel. <laughs> um, reading from this article in The Atlantic today, beating up on podcasting in general, Joe Rogan specifically, uh, our theory is that the the old gatekeepers of the cathedral, as some call it, that would be your established um, who decides what 
whether it's the university system or, 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 or old media. No, we, we decide everything. So this whole social media, podcasting, whatever, blogs, no, 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 no. We carefully choose somebody who went to the right university to write our columns in the Washington Post. That's the opinion. <laughs> and the fact that Joe Rogan is uh, so incredibly popular, I think, pisses a lot of people off. Uh, and this person in the, in the Atlantic is saying the days of consequence-free podcasting are over. And they're happy about that. Ugh. Oh, I hate you so much. And how people are now pouring over his podcasts in particular and, and some of the others to try to uh, to ruin them, actually. Um, I'll pick up where we left off. They're, um, you know, it's a hell of a notion to uh, seek out something to tell people to be outraged about which didn't outrage anyone at the time. You know what I mean? Right. To identify and fully catalog every one of the offensive things Joe Rogan has said, you would have to listen to at least 4,000 hours of tape, about six months of nonstop Rogan, and that would be a full-time job. And it actually is a full-time job. Media Matters for America, a left-leaning nonprofit and watchdog group, employs the researcher Alex Patterson to listen to the Joe Rogan experience as one of his core responsibilities. They have a guy whose job is to listen to all the Joe Rogan stuff and find the stuff that could ruin him because we don't want his opinions out there. Or the opinions of his guests. They aren't even his opinions. That's part of the whole thing. He gets on all kinds of different people. Anyway. Can't have that. At the end of 2021, Patterson filed a report on more than 350 hours of tape, less than 10% of Rogan's mammoth over. He made bulleted lists of suspected statements about COVID-19 and anti-trans rhetoric. My my, uh, I know I happen to know this. The anti-trans rhetoric is having anybody on who questions the fact that there are no there's no such thing as gender. That's anti-trans rhetoric or suggesting, as he does strongly, that biological men should not be allowed to beat the hell out of women in the ring. Right. Um, And he put all the comments in a catch all category of right wing misinformation and bigotry. So he's got a file for these Joe Rogan clips. Right-wing misinformation. You want to hear some hate speech? I hate you people. I hate you a lot. That's hate speech. (laughs) When when Patterson's report was released, my co-workers and I discussed the 350 hours with shock and distress. I am so shocked and distressed. (sighs) I know. I, I know. I want these people make me want to vomit. Even modest excavation efforts merit some congratulation. Wired Stephen Levy listened to Rogan for three hours. The Atlantic contributor Vinay Prasad did six-plus hours in January. Slate's in-house Rogan expert Justin Peters went in for eight hours last weekend. So they all jumped on the let's-find-something-to-ruin-Joe-Rogan bandwagon. Whether it's, again, though, Joe Rogan or us, millions of people listen for many, many hours, and they're not offended. Right, it's not hidden. It's not like the secret Nazi meeting in the basement of some guy's house over there in the trailer park and you uncovered it. No, it's out there for millions of people to enjoy. They are enjoying it. That's why they tune in all the time, like you said, to us or Joe Rogan or whoever. It's not hidden. 
But we employed several people to secretly listen to this <laughs> so-called podcast. Going big and searching manually through the archives of any podcaster with a substantial back catalog requires not just time, but motivation, an axe to grind, or at least an angle. It was not a terribly glamorous reporting process, said uh, The Ringer's Claire McNear as she talked to the New York Times. After she'd listened to all 41 episodes of a podcast hosted by former Jeopardy producer Mike Richards, following a hunch that they would contain egregiously sexist comments. Exactly. That's what journalism is now. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was just some... uh, uh, I'm getting off the thread there. Um, The other point of this to me is... um, how a feeding frenzy starts. So it started with some COVID misinformation. Well, it started with Neil Young unhappy with some of the COVID stuff that Joe Rogan said. Much of it not disinformation. Some of it turning out to be true, whatever. But now it's turned into race and sexist comments. I mean, feeding frenzy start. Joe Rogan's not right wing by any stretch of the imagination. It's just a feeding frenzy of there's somebody we need to ruin. And everybody piles on for some weird mob thing that happens. Right. Like right. it doesn't hold together as a threat anymore. There's no there's no commonness between Joe Rogan talking about transgender or race or COVID. Now it's just a just a he's gotta go. Yeah, it reminds me of uh what was it, a C.S. Lewis quote or somebody said that if you give people an excuse for cruelty, they'll be more enthusiastic than they ever have in their lives. We're we're disgusting beasts, we humans. Pick pick up a rock, we're all throwing rocks at Joe Rogan. Armstrong and Getty.